Welcome to the Multiply Your Success podcast, where each week we help growth-minded entrepreneurs and franchise leaders take the next step in their expansion journey. I'm your host, Tom Dufour, CEO of Big Sky Franchise Team. And as we open today, I'm wondering if you have ever run into a legislative hurdle or some kind of legal roadblock in your industry or with your business locally. Maybe it was some sort of unnecessary regulation or law that was created by people that maybe are not as familiar with your industry as you, or maybe it's a law or rule that had been in place for a long time, maybe a hundred years or more, and it's just irrelevant today. It doesn't make any sense. Well, our guest today is Jen Legere, and she shares with us how she decided to take action in her local state to change the law to support her industry, which then led to a way to help her franchise system grow as well. And I'm so excited for Jen to be here. She's a longtime client, someone I've known for many years, and I just think she's excellent and wonderful, shares great insights throughout this interview. Now, Jen is the founder of Place to Grow, and she's a recognized innovator in holistic learning practices for children and sustainable business practices in early childhood education. Her background in Natural science, math, early literacy, and business management is coupled with an enthusiastic approach to discovery and creativity. Place to Grow, her business, was chosen as the 2022 New Hampshire Small Business Association Woman-Owned Business of the Year. You're going to love this interview, so let's go ahead and jump right into it. I'm Jennifer Legere, and I own a Place to Grow LLC and APTG LLC in New Hampshire, and we are a childcare franchise. Great. Well, Jim, we've worked together for several years, and I'm so excited to have you on the show to talk about, of course, your business and some of the things you're doing, and really about what you've been able to accomplish on a legislative front as a small business owner in your state. So give us a little overview about your business and what you do. So I own a nature-based childcare center in Brentwood, New Hampshire, and we decided to franchise our company And in that franchise process, we realized that there were some gaps in the legislation for childcare and its ability to be located in every kind of facility across the state, whether it was family, business, homes, center-based. So we've done a lot of work to make sure that childcare was accessible to everyone in every space possible in the state. And one of the things that's been so great to be a part of your growth and watch you as you've been growing and developing and building a business, your national expansion is starting, right? It's on its way. It's happening mm-hmm. right now, which is amazing. Really what stood out was your interest in going to state legislators to address these childcare deserts, I think is how you describe it. So tell us what a childcare desert is and what that looks like, not only locally, but across the whole country here. So a childcare desert is when for every one childcare space that's available, there's three children actually waiting for that particular space. And 46% of the country is within a childcare desert. So what that means is, you know, moms in particular can't return back to work. I mean, it could be either family member, but typically it's moms who are affected by this childcare desert. So women being able to rejoin the workforce and being part of the economy is really stymied by this childcare desert situation. As you are growing a place to grow here to try to solve Mm -hmm. this shortage and to reduce the number of deserts out there, you were running into some obstacles in your state. So talk about what some of those obstacles you noticed that needed to be addressed. 
Yeah. So when we were licensing our first franchise location, it was a really unique business relationship. So it was a childcare center inside of a business that was actually had affordable housing attached to it. So it was, and we all need affordable housing across the United States. We need childcare. So it was this really amazing opportunity to create this partnership. But because it was technically in a side-by-side apartment where the franchisee would own and like have their childcare center next to it, it didn't quite fit into the existing rules that were on the table for childcare, but we knew that it was allowable by building code and fire code regulations. So we needed to actually create a piece of legislation last year to help open this area so that businesses can put small childcare centers inside of, you know, their businesses without it having to be a residence necessarily. So we we really have gone beyond just family childcare or your typical, you know, 100, 200 kids in a childcare center to being able to operate these micro centers for less than 12 children that can be used for businesses to, you know, open small childcare centers to help with recruitment and retention on site for their own employees. So it's small but giant, you know, it's going to empower businesses to be able to take that recruitment and retention piece back and help create these spaces for their employees. So when you noticed this challenge, because as you described, your business model, it's a little different. It's a little unique. It's not a hundred or 200 student or child Mm -hmm. facility. It's smaller, it's micro. And because of that, it can now go into lots of different non-traditional type spaces what were those some of those steps and things that you did as you went to start working on addressing that? So we knew that funding was a huge issue for you know people who are interested in childcare. We're, we're typically teachers, so we have incredible hearts and a passion for teaching, but very tiny bank accounts. So, <laughs> which is is fine. So we wanted to create a flexible and agile business model that was approachable for potential franchisees and educators capitalize on the benefits of being able to work from home, which is, it's huge, you know, from a tax incentive, you know, perspective and talk to your accountant first before you make that decision. But it really created an opportunity for you to, you know, have a small childcare center in your home for six kids all the way to, you know, a hundred or 200 kids. If your facility, you know, could do that and you had the cash flow to be able to support that. So, We really saw when we first launched as a franchise, you know, I had this vision of creating, you know, a hundred of us, like, you know, 50 to a hundred students, but the reality became really different because we started looking at the economics of it and, you know, ability to find funding and decided smaller was better and much more agile and it was easier to find spaces. So, you know, people could use their homes a little bit more and businesses after COVID had tons of open space available because half of their workforce is still working from home or, you know, they decided to to change their business model entirely. So it's going to allow us to kind of capitalize on some open spaces in commercial markets. Talk through with us the process when you started addressing this at the state level and having to go mm-hmm. through the state Congress and getting a bill put together and going through this whole iteration. And every state I know has their own little nuances Generally speaking, there will be similar processes to it. So I'd love for you to talk through what that looked like for you from when you started and going through that. It was a really unique process. I think I came at it from a different 
perspective than you would normally see like in the legislative process because I was a business owner who saw a problem and I I knew how to fix it. So I really worked with childcare licensing and our fire marshal's office and building inspectors to kind of craft a plan for how to write, you know, this particular piece of legislation. But I did all of that myself as a business owner and pulled all these people together to write this and draft this. We even had to go out and find a senator that would be willing to sponsor our bill. And we were very fortunate. I mean, Senator Coca is amazing. She was definitely the right fit for this. You know, she's a mom. She's an entrepreneur herself. She's an attorney. She's a legislator. She feels the childcare crisis. So finding the person to sponsor your bill is, is a huge deal because it's not always a good fit. And then I had to figure out how to market my bill, which is weird and different. I mean, you market your business all day long, but all of a sudden you have to like market your bill to legislators and, you know, help seek co-sponsors and things like that. So I got good at Canva. I got better about making cold calls to senators that I never in a million years envisioned I would be making to kind of, you know, get people talking about this and really, you know, get them excited about where this legislation could go. So it was it was definitely a different kind of process. And my next bill this year is happening in a much more traditional, like sponsored by the legislators way. So for that first bill, from the time you started the process until it actually went all the way through, how long did that end up taking? So it was about two years. So the first draft of the bill was entered into legislation very late the first year. And it was tabled. They really wanted to hold on to it so that we could explore in more detail with the fire marshal's office, building inspectors, and put a cross-functional group together to make sure it wasn't going to have any, you know, issues. Like you change something and it impacts something else. So they wanted to make sure we had time to to cross all those T's and dot those I's to make sure it was a solid plan. So we had a few word changes over the course of a year, not significant. So the first year it was tabled. The second year it was reopened in the Senate. That's another choice you have to make. Do you want a bill to start in the Senate versus the House in New Hampshire? The Senate's very small. The House has over 400 people who have to agree on something versus 50 something. So where you start is a conversation to be had. One of the reasons I wanted you to share this story and talk about it is really just how one small business in a state can make an impact. You're a great testament to the power of the entrepreneur and the small business owner. You're a great problem solver, right? I've always found that entrepreneurs are great problem solvers. And at times, sometimes it seems passing legislation and laws, like you described, it took two years for this whole process to ensue, Mm -hmm. but it got done. You Mm -hmm. worked through it to make it get done. And now it's able to help not only your business, but to really help the whole community of early child care needs in the state and being able to help others as well that might go into business. Yeah, it's been an interesting experience. And after the first round, you know, the first law, it actually went into effect. It was signed into effect this past July and it'll take another year to go into effect. So from the time you write it to the time it goes into effect, we're actually looking at a three-year time period. I think our next piece of legislation will go a lot faster. It'll be about a year and a half in its total turnaround time. But that creative problem solving as a business owner is so important. You're the only one who knows your business inside and out and can really like understand all the little nuances and how those legislative and law pieces work together. So, you know, these legislators come from 
hundreds of different fields and could be retired and have, you know, aren't connected to the industry anymore. So it's really important as business owners that we come to the table with our expertise and pair with our legislators to make a difference and to help inform them. So actually, I participated in the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Businesses Program. And a big part of that program is their Voices Program, where it starts to talk about empowering you to talk about advocacy and work with your legislators at a you know, local, state, and a national level. And finding my voice out of that program has been truly empowering. It has been the change that I needed to, to grow my business. Jen, this is a great time in the show where we like to ask every guest the same four questions. And the first question we ask is, have you had a miss or two on your journey and something you learned from it? Yeah. So I think one of the misses that we had, you know, we had done a lot of growth in our business. We bought a new location. We were finally established and being able to buy this location as a single female business owner was really empowering for us. We, I felt like we finally made it. We had 13 acres. We had a building. It was ours. You know, we we had done a ton of work, and I was super excited about it. Childcare was kind of at the cusp of being an issue at that point. Really, the desert wasn't quite so extreme at that point. And you know, I thought we were doing great things. So I had applied to be the woman-owned business of the year through the SBA, and we were we were actually our bank sponsored us that year which was super exciting to feel like, you know, it's not like, I feel like we're doing good things, but our bank thought we were doing good things, but we were turned down, which was a little bit hard, but I don't ever stop. (laughs) So, you know, I continued to grow and pursue like, you know, making things bigger and better over time. So it it definitely felt like a miss, but it's turned into a win. Wonderful. Well, let's talk about the other side. Let's talk about a make we were able to convert this into a win. I definitely did a lot of growth in our business. We franchised the company from our first loss to the time we reapplied again. We had franchised the company. I actually participated in that Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Businesses Program. And out of that program, it really taught me what I was good at, which was a a lot of stuff. Like I had no idea that like you put me in a room with 30 other business owners and I finally looked around and went, oh, I'm one of them. I belong. Like I'm not just, you know, a babysitter like you get in childcare all the time. I am truly a powerful businesswoman. So I think that program really changed my mindset. And when the business of the year applications came out again, that that following year, I was like, you know what? I'm going to throw my hat on that ring. We're going to do it again. Like, and no one sponsored me. I did it myself this year, which is, I think, unorthodox. You know, most people would have someone do a sponsorship for them. And I won. I was the 2022 New Hampshire SBA Woman-Owned Business of the Year. And, And that has just been a truly amazing and powerful experience to, you know, A, like, you know, put those laurels on my head and to celebrate that win. But it's really, it has empowered a lot of other women along the way. So it's great. Well, let's talk about a multiplier, Jen, that you've used maybe to grow yourself personally or professionally, or maybe one of the businesses you've been involved with. So my multiplier is probably very unique. I was a single mom. I was a single female business owner for close to 20 years. And being a mom is super important to me. So my focus was definitely on, you know, my my single business operation in New Hampshire. And as they started to age, I started to date and do other things. And 
actually met the man of my dreams and got married again. And, you know, so my vision started to change as my kids were aging. I was like, well, I need more. I don't want to work in the business. I want to work on the business. And I have more time that I can do bigger things to impact and create change for the childcare community. So really getting older, my kids becoming more independent and that bridge, you know, into marriage and preparing a lifestyle. My husband lives in the Florida Keys. I lived in New Hampshire, was a really different place to be. So again, we needed to have an opportunity where I could work on the business and not in the business. So we chose to franchise through Big Sky, which was awesome. So yeah. Great. Thanks, Jen. And the final question we like to ask every guest is what does success mean to you? I think the most important thing to me, it's actually two things. One is to be able to give back to communities. I mean, this childcare desert situation is, is dire. It creates a huge amount of stress for families, women, communities, and being able to create a childcare center that is agile and supports our community needs and becomes like a focal point of a community is so important to me. You know, we give back to our community. We have a, a food pantry, you know, that we share. We've given, you know, money to our local library. We support a lot of local events, even including our sportsmen in town. We open our 13 acres in, you know, in hunting season when we're not in school for others to be able to use. So it's little ways that we can give back, which is really important, but also being able to empower other women entrepreneurs. I feel like, especially in childcare, we're teachers, we're babysitters, and we're looked down upon, and no one really perceives us as business owners. And we've done a lot of work in the industry for the last, I would say, 10 years of really rising to establish ourselves as strong business leaders. And our business model really continues to support other people who want to come into this industry and remain strong and become these entrepreneurs. So I love the fact that our youngest entrepreneur is 26. She owns her own company. She lives on her own now, no longer has to live in a roommate situation with six other roommates. And, you know, she's building, you know, an incredible franchise for herself that she can have for the rest of her life. So I just think that's really powerful. I would say this, Jen, you have been impressive from the moment we first met. So I, I had no doubt <laughs> in your skills and talent as an owner. It was evident from the first time we met several years back. So really appreciate you sharing your story here. And before we go, is there anything you were hoping to share or maybe get across that you haven't had a chance to yet? I just think it's really important for people to keep an open mind when you're looking at building a business and what is meaningful to you because you want to make sure that they they coincide you know your business is meaningful to you and i love the fact that mine is in, you know makes a difference in communities and empowers other women so the value of what i do i don't feel like it's work at all ever any day my husband thinks it's work um <laughs> but i i just think this is fun and i get to play and do what i love doing which makes it totally worthwhile so i i love it if someone's listening in and they say, wow, I love what Jen's doing. I'd love to get involved with her franchise, or maybe I know someone who might, or maybe they're a small business or a local business owner saying, you know, I'd love to get involved with some legislation for my industry in my state or my local municipality. Mm -hmm. How can someone find out a little bit more about what you're doing and get in touch with you? 
Yeah. So you can contact us through our website at a place to grow.com, A P L A C E T O G R O W.com. It's the easiest way to reach us. There's contact us on there. All of our social media platforms are there and phone numbers, all of that. But, you know, we'd love to help anyone. You know, are you from a different business? You want to introduce legislation? Fine. You've thought about childcare and creating a childcare business. We'd love to help you. You're a business and you have a need and you're like, how do I bring childcare into my business? We can help you with that too. We're actually doing a lot of, it's almost like a staffing agency. We're doing a lot of pairing of businesses with potential franchisees to help them work together collaboratively, which is not something I thought I'd be doing, but it's turned into a really unique and interesting kind of pathway. Just following this trail. Jen, thank you so much for a fantastic interview. And let's go ahead and jump into today's three key takeaways. So takeaway number one is when Jen noticed a problem in her state and community of opening up these micro childcare centers, she took action trying to figure out a way to work with legislators to create and change some rules and laws at the state to make it easier to open up childcare centers for these micro centers with less than 12 kids. Takeaway number two is how she described what she ended up doing in helping get this legislation passed. And she had to pull together all of these resources. So step one was getting a senator or legislator involved to help sponsor it. Then she had to help market the bill to other legislators so that they knew what it was about. And she said that whole process took about two years from start to finish from the time the idea started moving until the bill was passed. And now it's another year before it will go into effect. So it'll be effectively about three years start to finish. So a long process, but ultimately with a really great outcome. Now with this being created and this law being changed, it it creates an opportunity for her industry where she's able to create more micro childcare centers and allow for other people to help fill that void to open up these child care centers in their homes now. And takeaway number three is when she described some of her multipliers that she's used in growing her business. And, and one is just being able to grow and with some of these awards and recognition she had, for example, the SBA Woman-Owned Business of the Year in New Hampshire, which is a great recognition, and then franchising with Big Sky and, and helping her through that. And I've had the great fortune of, of knowing and working with Jen for several years now, and she's absolutely fantastic in all of my dealings with her. And now it's time for today's win-win. So today's win-win is really thinking about being creative. And I think that that's really something that stands out in my time working with Jen and just in what she did to address this problem that she identified in her industry that really needed to be addressed that led her to taking action legislatively with the local legislators. And so I think it's important to think that, as she had said, to keep an open mind on your business and see what might be possible or how you might be able to make an impact. So by making this change to open up these micro childcare centers that can open up in home and other non-traditional locations, it also provides an opportunity for her to find franchisees that might want to join with her system in these micro childcare type locations. So I think that's a great example of a win-win. It's a win for the parents and the children. It's a win for the state. It's a win for her franchise system and the potential franchisees coming in as well. So it's just a win all around. 
So that's the episode today, folks. Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast and to give us a review. And remember, if you or anyone you know might be ready to franchise their business or take their franchise company to the next level, please connect with us at BigSkyFranchiseTeam.com. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to having you back next week. 